Hi, I'm your host, Dave Kemp, and this is Future Ear Radio. Each episode, we're breaking down one new thing, one cool new finding that's happening in the world of hearables, the world of voice technology. How are these worlds starting to intersect? How are these worlds starting to collide? What cool things are going to come from this intersection of technology? Without further ado, let's get on with the show. All right, so I'm joined here today by Nick White of Orbita. Nick, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Thanks, Dave. Great to be on today. Um, my name's Nick White, as you said. Uh, I have uh, just joined Orbita recently uh, in the role of uh, Executive Vice President of Patient Care Solutions. Uh, and in that role, I look after a product that we've got called Orbiter Assist, uh, which is a, a vertical solution built on top of the, the Orbiter platform, focusing on care for, for patients and nurses. Uh, and uh, recently joined the team from uh, Deloitte. I've been a, a consultant for many years focusing on uh, how can we help people who are not tethered to a desk to, to optimize the way they're working every day and, and thinking about the use of conversational AI, cognitive uh, technologies and auto automation in terms of the future of work for those sorts of individuals such as nurses or other individuals who just don't sit behind a desk every day. Totally. So, you know, I really wanted to bring Nick on today um, because I think that, you know, as we are seeing with voice assistants in general, you know, you're sort of seeing this new evolution where they're moving outside of the home and they're moving into new settings. And healthcare is one of those settings that I find to be really intriguing. I think there's a whole lot of opportunity um, in a wide variety of ways in which voice assistants can be layered into that new setting. And so, um, you know, the first time I got exposed to, to Orbita was a couple of Alexa conferences ago. Um, I met Nate Trelor and I saw him speak and, and I kind of got exposed to Orbita a little bit. And so before we really dive into Orbita Assist, um, which I know is really sort of like your, your baby, um, can you tell us a little bit about the whole idea of Orbita? Yeah, no problem. Uh, look, Orbiter's a fascinating organization. Uh, what they have built at its heart is a platform which allows you to do uh, conversational uh, management using a low-code or no-code environment, um, managing that conversation that you want to have with your customer, uh, and, and then serving that up via any of the, the voice platforms, be that Google or Alexa, chatbots, web chat, or, or even over an analog phone. Uh, and that platform allows you to to have really rich management of, of that conversation and the direction that you want to take your consumers when they're interfacing with you. So, so that as a core platform was really fabulous when I looked at it uh, and the team that I was working with looked at it. And, and then on the top of that, where Orbit has gone is we're starting to think about the vertical platforms that sit really nicely on top of that. Uh, so at one end of the spectrum, we're thinking about uh, search engine optimization for voice. Thinking about voice first, how do you, when somebody is asking a natural language process question, how do you present the right answer to them that gives them the information they need and then direct them uh, through a, a flow? So getting your brand to position zero is really important in the voice space. 
Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Go, go on. Mm-hmm. The, the second vertical is the assist one, and I know we're going to get into that more, but that's really focused around how do we use voice in a clinical setting to support patients and nurses in communicating with each other uh, and providing that rich information transfer between them. We'll get more into that. And then the third vertical we're really focused on at the moment is journey management. Once you've left the the health environment, the hospital environment, uh, and and you're headed home, uh, how do we support you in terms of adherence, in terms of journey management, um, as you uh, continue to uh, move down you through your patient journey? So before we get into Orbit Assist, with that first one, you know, the whole like search optimization and, um, you know, the search result zero, can you speak a little bit more about how that's evolved? Because I know that's been a, a, it's been a hot topic with voice in general, you know, voice SEO. And I'm curious, like how it applies in the healthcare setting and in some of the ways that maybe it's a little different in the healthcare setting and some of the things that you guys have to, some of the different obstacles that you've had to overcome at Orbita. Uh, to really help to try to solve that? It's a really interesting space. Um, if you go on to uh, many sites that, that uh, healthcare organizations have and you do a search, um, traditionally with searches, we might have put in a keyword. Mm-hmm. Uh, very quickly, we as consumers have evolved to put in a natural language query. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what do I do if I get a spider bite or um, where is the nearest um, uh, specialist in this particular topic? Yeah. Uh, and, and so we're writing these sentences and, and search engines were not built that they were built for keyword searches. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what we've been doing is really thinking about how do we optimize the content and how do we package that content up and present it in a way that the search engines can say, actually, that's the right content that I need to present here. And in healthcare, organizations have been particularly bad at packaging out that content in a way that you can grab the right information when you're making a natural language query. Um, so, so this is about how do I make sure that the position zero is the one that gives me the right answer, the right information that that person is asking for. But then we're going beyond that. We're starting to think about, okay, and then what's the next action that that individual is going to want to take? Mm. And how do we present that information to them in a way that can be digested by voice interface, Um, be that a chat interface or or a spoken interface? No, that's very interesting. And I think that everything that you've addressed, you know, it's like, like you said, it's, differentiates from what had previously been um, thought of as search engine optimization with keywords and all that. Now we're moving more toward this conversational type, you know, element in this way in which we're searching. So now let's get in a little bit to Orbita Assist. Give us the Mm -hmm. vision. Give us like the whole kind of like what, how this came about and the idea as to what it is today, you know, what, what the state of it is, but also how this, how, how you envision this kind of maturing over time. Yeah, no problem. So the, the assist story uh, is one, it's a very personal story. A, a, a colleague of mine, a close colleague, uh, his father had unfortunately passed away in hospital and he and I were talking about what happened. Uh, and we were coming at it from the point of view of how could we support the care teams in this situation going forward? And surely there was some tech out there that could help. But the background was he, his father was recovering from a routine operation uh, and needed some assistance to go to the bathroom, pressed the call bell button, and unfortunately, nobody could get to him at that time. Being relatively proud, he tried to get himself to the bathroom, and unfortunately, he he slipped and fell, and and he did pass away in in the hospital. 
it, it wasn't anybody's fault. Um, but what we looked at was the, the tech in the background of that. We thought, surely things have changed. Surely there's something we can do here. Uh, and, and so we started engaging with a number of healthcare professionals that we worked closely with and, and identified that there was a, a series of latent failures in the patient assistance journey. Mm-hmm. So when you press that button, uh, you, you've got no idea if anybody's heard you and you've got no idea how long it'll take for them to get there. Uh, from the, the carer's end, uh, there's no contextual information that comes through about what it is that has happened and how, what sort of priority might be needed in terms of responding to that request. Uh, and and there's, a, there's a study out there that talks about the the significant number of alarms in a clinical setting that actually don't require a clinician's response. And this has led to a problem called alarm fatigue. Uh, And alarm fatigue has been directly linked to quite a large number of deaths uh, in clinical environments. And you can see that if you don't get any contextual information when a request comes through, Mm -hmm. how do you prioritize it? How do you know how important that is? Um, the, the next one was really around coordination of resources and, and the issue of, well, once I know what it is that the patient needs, I still need to go away and find the right person to respond or the right equipment. Uh, and then lastly, we looked at the burden of reporting. Right? At the back end of the process, once you've met a patient's needs, we're still asking nurses to go behind a counter and either enter into a digital system or a paper-based system records around what they've just done in caring for the patient. So our thought was, how do we provide uh, a technology system, a platform there that actually supports the nurses to deliver that care? Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's where we came up with the idea of speech and voice. But we went beyond that. It wasn't just about voice. It's about digitally enabling a workflow off the back of a voice interaction. So you speak your request uh, into a smart speaker. We then use machine learning AI to process that, pull out what the, the patient's actually asking for. Uh, and then we apply a bunch of business rules to it. And those business rules will say, well, actually, uh, Nick's the right nurse to respond to that patient for a certain number of reasons, and the request would be passed through to me individually, as opposed to blurted out to the entire facility. Uh, We can do smart routing, uh, we can add prioritization to it, uh, and there's a bunch of other things that we can do when that request comes through. So obviously I see a lot of potential here, like in terms of triaging and just the way in which, you know, just like you said, the, the, um, request comes in and let me ask you, so how does that, so, so obviously you have the smart speaker near the patient's bedside. So they may, they speak a request and then how is that received by the nurses? Is there almost like a command center that it's received and then the, the, the nurse is then the one that's triaging it or is there like an automated element to this that, is going into this yeah when we were building this we we recognized the the challenge of this and and that's one of the reasons why we we built it on top of the orbiter platform but then we also did an interface off to ServiceNow, and we use a digital workflow engine in ServiceNow, uh and that allows us to take advantage of the ServiceNow mobile app uh so we deploy to a smart device that the nurses are carrying um and essentially it looks like a, an email list uh, and you're able to see each request as they come through and you're able to respond to it. Um, we're also able to route using all of the business logic capability that ServiceNow has in their platform directly through to an individual based on their profile. So is the nurse, you said that they get like this email readout, is it transcribing the voice command or are they actually getting some sort of audio output that they're listening to each command or each uh, request from their patients? It's not transcribing, but it's linked to a particular type of request. So it could be, I've fallen, 
I need a glass of water, I need a blanket, um, gotcha. uh, I need to go to the toilet. So we essentially decode the, using our Alexa capability, we figure out what it is that the patient has said. So that's in the Alexa skill. We, we do a lot of that through into the Orbiter platform then uh, and then pass that through into ServiceNow and trigger a ticket. Got it. Yeah. Now that seems like a massive efficiency gains for the nurses. And then obviously you made mention earlier about the fact that, you know, in, uh, with traditional call buttons, the patient doesn't really, they're not notified or alerted that anyone's even heard it. There's not really any sort of communication one-to-one. So for the patient, they make the request, I need to go to the bathroom. It gets sent to the orbit of platform. The nurse sees it. Then the nurse responds in some manner. Is the patient then alerted in some capacity that the, that the nurse has received their request? So we go back to the patient immediately upon them making the request and let them know that we've passed that request through to the nurse. So they get a verbal response from the smart speaker straight away that says, no problem. I've let the nurse know that you'd like some water and they'll be with you shortly. That's awesome. So obviously that's a, an awesome example of how this can work. You know, I think there's just like you outlined, there's clearly efficiencies that can be had here and not to mention there's way better ways in which you can communicate to the patient to just at least let them know that they've been heard. So I get that this is the state of it now. Can you give us an idea of where you kind of see this going in terms of how it evolves and, and where the next sets of efficiencies, I guess, if you will, can, can kind of be had here? Well, let me talk about some of the, the results that we've seen. Yeah, And then absolutely. from that, building to sort of where it's going. So just as an example, um, we deployed into a, a facility not long ago, and one of our first uh, situations was a patient had fallen, uh, and we had a response time of 14 seconds. Wow. Now, when you have a look at typical response times, there's not a lot of research out there on this, but what's out there suggests that it's about 10 minutes. Now, different institutions are going to be very different. I've heard of some that are sort of five, six minutes, others that are 10, 15 minutes. Uh, I've even had a nurse tell me that they've seen response times blow out to 40 minutes in an overnight setting. So if you the reason being there, sorry, I just want to jump in here. Mm. Reason being that you had it, that it's 14 seconds. Um, how is it? Because obviously there has to be some way in which it's indicated to the, to the nurse that this is an urgent request. Mm-hmm. How, how is that done? Like, how is it indicated to the nurse that, you know, in terms of a triaging and a prioritization and you can say, okay, so I have 10 requests here and this one's red and flashing. This one's urgent. Yeah. So we, um, we put them in an order is number one. So the one at the top is going to be the most urgent. Mm-hmm. We've also got a color indication of whether it's high, medium or low. And then you've got the actual type of request itself written there. So in that case, you've got a red request, it's fallen and it's sitting right at the top of the list. So awesome. as soon as it came through, the nurse looked at the list and just went straight to that patient. Awesome. Um, cool. The, uh, what we're seeing in general is, you know, an, uh, up to about 70% reduction in response time on average. When we look across quite a, quite a, uh, a large set of data that we've got now. Um, and, and so we're seeing that just by giving the care team information about what it is that the patient is asking for allows them to understand, okay, hang on, this is more important than what I'm doing. I'll prioritize that and then I'll come back to what I'm doing. So we've seen that change culturally within mm-hmm. the care team. The other feedback that they gave us was, we feel prepared. We walk into the room now and we already know what it is that the patient needs. I've been able to grab what it is that I need along the way. And so I, as a carer, feel more equipped to give care 
to the to the patients than I did previously, and that's been a that. huge feedback from the nurses. Yeah. Um, in terms of the patients, it's not just about that um, sense of relief that there's a system there that I can access the carers when I need them. You know, if I fall and I can't reach the call bell, or or if I just want to interact in a different way, but there's they feel less guilty about making requests for low priority things because they know the nurse can deliver it while they're doing something else, Mm -hmm. but they can also access all of the consumer features that are available with a smart speaker, you know, listening to the news, listening to music, uh, playing white noise to drown out the sounds of a hospital ward, all of those sorts of features are there as well. And what we're seeing is, um, the ability to combat isolation. When you've had an injury and you end up in a hospital environment, it is immensely isolating. And having access to a smart speaker that one, has all these consumer services, but two, has the ability to have smart controls as well in terms of lighting or other things. You've just got control back over your life again. Yeah, Um, I love that. So there's a a bunch of the benefits. So when when you think about that, where can you then go um, there, there's some really exciting things coming down the line in terms of capabilities um, of this solution. When you think about, okay, that's it on its own. Mm-hmm. Well, what about if we integrated it with some of the information systems out there? What if we integrated it with the uh, you know, traditional call bells? Um, what about sensors that are going into the room? What about multilingual capability? All of these things are really exciting evolutions in this space mm-hmm. that are going to transform what the digital hospital room looks like in the future. And it's not just the digital hospital room, it's also the digital senior living facility or the digital skilled nursing facility or eventually we want to age in place. All of us have an aspiration to be in our own home for as long as we can. So how do we put this technology into our own home environment and give ourselves the longest window possible to, to be in our own homes. Mm-hmm. And that's the, you know, all of those different areas are, are directions we're going. No, I love that. And I think that that's a topic I've been um, really in tune with is, you know, the idea that we obviously have this aging population and obviously there's a lot of benefits that will come and be derived from voice assistance directly for them. But I think the secondary cohort that's really going to benefit from a lot of this is the caregivers. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be ways in which we can more intelligently provide care. And, and, you know, I think what's so interesting about this whole orbit assist is you're basically taking something as small as the nurse call button and you're adding a contextual layer to it, right? It's just like you said, I thought, I thought one of the best things that you said was this idea where the, the nurse feels like they have a lot more insight and context into what they're actually walking into. And, you know, that translates into prioritization. You know, you have the the knowledge that this person needs me immediately. And then you also have the insight into what exactly it is that that person's pressing that call button for. So I see there being lots of other examples in the nurse's room. I mean, in the, in the patient's room. And then, like you said, out beyond, you know, into their homes in, in ways in which they might be able to age in place a little bit more efficiently, more intelligently. So I love all that. I think this was awesome, Nick. I really appreciate your time. Thank you for everybody for tuning in. And thank you, Nick, for joining me this week. We'll talk to you next time. Cheers. My pleasure. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Future Ear Radio. For more content like this, just head over to futureear.co where you can read all the articles that I've been writing these past few years on the worlds of voice technology and hearables and how the two are beginning to intersect. Thanks for tuning in and I'll chat with you next time.